get some energy going. The podcast. This is episode number 35. Today we're going to do something different. We're going to talk about the editing of a trailer, specifically the Joker. With me is Tyler. Tyler, how are you? Good, Sven. How are you doing? I'm all right. It's Monday morning. <laughs> you know. what, what happened to our energy pledge? Oh, jeez. You know, I, it's it's better when we record at night in the morning. It's tough, especially... Actually, I do have a story to tell you. I locked picture on the feature. Ooh. So the last four days I spent with the director just uh, sitting in a chair and going over every scene, and the film is technically done on my end. I'm delivering right now. As we're speaking, I can see the files being created, the AAF files. Very cool. So what program do you use to do that out of Final Cut to make an AAF? It's a plugin called Audio Convert X2 Pro or something. Very cool. Clearly not a sponsor. Not Based a sponsor. <laughs> I had to buy two plugins. One was that and the other one was EDLX, which ah. creates an EDL for audio uh, for color correction. And that works? We're going to find out. I called the folder attempt one and I sent it over. It's uh, being color corrected in the Netherlands and I'm fully expecting that it's going to take a couple of rounds for us to really figure out what are the settings. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to see how it works out and hear about it and hear what to use, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please subscribe to us on apple podcast store i think it's called i guess i should figure that out stitcher spotify anywhere you can listen to podcasts and we appreciate you telling your friends about the podcast your filmmaking your filmmaking comrades letting them know about what we're doing and talking about and we appreciate all the feedback and comments and thoughts that we receive because it always makes it better for us so thank you actually this episode is inspired by a comment somebody suggested we should do the joker trailer and which possibly is, even interview whoever edited it which we're not doing because i don't know who that is and well yeah that's a that's a very tricky thing to to figure out in terms of trailer editors um yeah. you know if you're in the industry you you know but it's a very interesting process I, yeah i know some people that work in trailers and stuff and it's a lot goes into this stuff. It's very interesting and, and fun to talk about because it's almost, it's almost getting to a point where it's more important than the film. Yeah, yeah. And it gets and more attention than the film. There are a couple of houses here in L.A. Possibly this was cut by Trailer Park. So it's really mm-hmm. the, the house itself is sort of taking credit for it as opposed to a specific editor at that point. Yeah, infamously, also, it's funny how, you know, I'm sure you heard the story of the Suicide Squad, how the the trailer for Comic-Con was such a success that they brought those editors <laughs> yes. onto the feature to cut it. Um, very high-stakes work. Yeah. I guess and it very didn't interesting work and out, funny because I told Sven, I was like, well, maybe with, you know, the, the event. <laughs> and this is something we could actually really use feedback on from from someone anyone multiple people whoever whoever get uh, whatever gets the most reaction will do but Sven and I talked well not really Sven so much for reasons you'll discover but I said maybe we should do a scene from one of the you know 20 plus Marvel movies leading up to Avengers uh, and talk about that because that's going to be a pretty big release on the 26th of April and he was like (laughs) 
<laughs> very, very not interested and not a huge fan of comic book movies, it sounds like. And so we leave it to you because then I couldn't really think of like a, a scene from those films to talk about the editing. I know infamously in every frame of painting, they kind of compare Ant-Man to Star Wars in terms of pacing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think maybe because, I don't know, for some reason, not, there's a lot, I mean, whatever, there's moments that jump out. I generally, I genuinely, generally uh, like and enjoy the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Um, But yeah, if anyone has any suggestions for a very interesting scene to dissect in those, let us know. Yeah, go ahead and torture me. And then Sven not being a fan of comic book movies, I was very surprised. Now you know that what the Joker is, right? Yeah, well, it's part of the Batman universe, right? And yeah, he's the arc villain. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I I sort of <laughs> remember watching The Dark Knight for like the first ten fifteen minutes, but I was mm-hmm. already at that point. I was like just over the whole genre, so it's really hard for me to say. Oh, there's you got to watch this movie. It's going to bring me back. I don't think there's one. And I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. So not Clearly. to watch, watch The Dark Knight. <laughs> Is that what it's called? The Dark Knight Rises? I don't even know. Huge um, fan. Huge fan. I've seen pretty much every movie except for that one. Except for like half of the world. <laughs> I've, I've seen like the half f- of them. The following. Who has seen that movie? Me. Um, that's, that's when you know you know what's up. <laughs> when you've seen like two minutes of the sequel of his Batman trilogy. Um, so that character is uh, played by Heath Ledger yes. in the Dark Knight Rise. I'm saying, but you said that you'd seen the Bat... Did you, had you seen the Joker trailer when you got this request? Uh, I just saw it today. Oh, oh, wow. So you hadn't even seen it. I hadn't even seen it. Yeah, but now oh, I've seen well, it twice, actually. I watched it two times. Yeah, and... Um, it's a good opportunity, I think, to talk about trailers. I know there's been a lot of excitement about it. I know that, I mean, I thought it was like a really well done trailer. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, it'll be good to you for you to kind of share some a lot of your insights about trailers and that kind of stuff, because I know you've done, you've done a few. Yeah. Before we do, though, I wanted to come back to the AFI list of recommended films that mm. students need to watch before they show up for their first day. Way back then, a couple of episodes prior, Ross asked if, when I talked about this, if I could dig up this list. And I actually found it in my notes. And it's only 12 films. So I was going to quickly run through them and then see how Tyler, if he can like say, oh yeah, I've seen that film. It's about blah, blah, blah. And see, technically, I've seen them all. I don't remember most of them. Was it a quiz show? It's a quiz show. What are we ready for this? Are you, do I do get you f- one of the This Guy Edits shirts with the bone? <laughs> if, if I get when, them all when right, what I happens? need an incentive. If you, if you can give, what do, what do you need to do to get that shirt? Um, give us a one-line synopsis? Of every film. Of every film. Without, okay, and I walked away from the computer. Yeah, without so Googling it. Okay, I want to make noises that prove And I, I, I started Googling <laughs> the first six, so I can back you up there, and then I ran out of time. Are you just uh, you're just going to do the top twelve, or are you picking the ones that you didn't know? I'm I'm going I'm going to do all twelve. We're going to do a lightning round. What ready? Tw- what, are, what are the twelve though? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, and then you're going to tell me what the movie is about. But wait, are they the top twelve, or are they the the twelve They're, you didn't know? 
these are the 12 that you need to watch. It was only 12, actually. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was okay. like 26 or so, but it's not. They, that list includes also a bunch of books, and those are a lot. And mm -hmm. I can actually and this probably... this is very different than the AFI Top 1, the famous AFI a, Top 100. These are the 12 that they say don't come to campus can if you haven't seen these 12. But if you feel like you want to be a filmmaker, AFI things, these are the right. films that you need to see. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay, easy one. Eight and a half. Eight and a half? The Fellini film about the the sort of metaphysical experience of a filmmaker trying to make his film reflecting on his life? Yes. Okay. I give you that one. Um, do you know why it's called Eight and a Half? It's uh, well, Federico Fellini's Eight and a Half film that he directed. So oh. I guess there was one where he only half directed or so. Okay. Okay, next one. Tokyo Story. <laughs> that's why it was called The Hateful Eight and a Half for Tarantino. Tokyo Story? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Now, th so this is a Japanese film. It's sort of a domestic, a domestic film. The director was just a little bit ahead of the curve in Japanese cinema, made it slightly before Kurosawa. Um, Do you know who it was? I should, but I don't. Yashuri, Yashuro Uzo. Uzo. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next one. Oh, super easy. <laughs> seven Samurai. Okay. So Seven Samurai we've reviewed on this podcast. It's the story of seven samurai who are recruited by some villagers to protect them from some bandits. And there's nice. a battle scene that respects the line at the end. Director is? By Kurosawa. <laughs> we did it on this podcast like it was two shows ago. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just want to make sure we tick off the box. Okay. okay. Next one. Wild Strawberries. Okay, so Wild Strawberries is the Bergman film yes. about the uh, family that eats a bunch of wild strawberries. <laughs> okay, okay, it's fine. You got the director. If you get the director, you will, we'll give okay. you some, cut you some slack. Okay, yeah. the condemned man escapes. The condemned man escapes. Yeah. Fortunately, this is this is one I have not seen, but I do know it is about the man who's been condemned that escapes. <laughs> Who's the director? Um, I don't know. Otto Preminger? I know that's not it. No, no. Robert Bresson. Oh. Robert Bresson. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, okay, sorry. French? No shirt no. for me. Well, shouldn't we, shouldn't we come back next week? I don't want to uh, burden people since I already got eliminated. <laughs> okay, we're going to do the, the first six. This, this is the last one, and then we'll do the next six next time. Yeah, and I won't have any more access to this list because only Sven has it, and it's on paper. Okay, cool. Can you say anything about the rules of the game? Uh, not at this, not at this point. Okay, good. All right, <laughs> we'll leave that up for next episode. We'll pick that up. <laughs> Director was Jean Renoir, and uh, I don't remember ever seeing that film, but I must have seen it because I made a note here. Actually, I wrote down the uh, the German titles for each one because at the time I was in Germany. And had to like track down these movies in like some obscure video blockbuster version. Well, it's much easier now. I fell apart on the French filmmakers. Yes, well, I, I, I don't blame you. Um, maybe we should do like just 12 episodes on this and do one movie, well, seven, uh, 11, <laughs> sorry, and uh, just go through those. Listeners, we'll let us know if you want to be bored for the next 11 episodes when we look at obscure French movies and uh, Scandinavian and Japanese. 
I don't know if they're that obscure just because of my ignorance, but also I'm sure it's tough to listen to my synopses of these films when you know much better yourself. So right. I apologize. No worries. No worries. I'm sorry I put you on the spot. <laughs> I did it. But I have seen all the Marvel movies. So <laughs> you, you should do that to me. <laughs> so I should do some background on on the Joker for okay, our, do for it. Go for, for it. our noble listeners. So, because there's not going to be a lot on this film because it's not yet released, but it is an origin story for the character, the Joker, the villain from the Batman films. It'd been in production for a few years, I think, since, since a script came about. There was a lot of question about what would happen with this because Jared Leto had just played the Joker in Suicide Squad uh, in a string of Academy Award winners slash nomin slash winners for the performance that had done it of course it was originated by Cesar Romero but then Jack Nicholson memorably did it followed by Heath Ledger's performance which won an Academy Award then Jared Leto was an Academy Award winner who did it and then uh yeah Jared Leto <laughs> Mark Hamill voiced the Joker uh, I'm sure there's more and when the script went out the the rumor was that Scorsese Scorsese was involved. I don't know if it went so far as he was going to direct it, but it was even being talked about as a potential Scorsese DiCaprio vehicle. Mm -hmm. Or Scorsese was producing. Todd Phillips was possibly always involved as the director from the Hangover films yep. uh, in old school. And um, he was directing. There was rumor of DiCaprio. So it's like, this is never... Like, it just sounded ridiculous, preposterous. Like, this is never going to happen. And then eventually Joaquin Phoenix became attached to it which is, you know, a big shot in the arm because he's a hard a hard man to get for this type of fare, for superhero fare. He famously he's turned down a lot of these roles. He turned down the role of Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he didn't know how to act in green screen was his, his claim at the time. Uh, like, how will I do it if it's not there? Hmm. So that that's an indication of, like, what we might be dealing with. De Niro signed on to reprise. Uh, and apparently there's a lot of tribute paid to the King of Comedy, the Scorsese film. Mm -hmm. um, and... Alec Baldwin was attached for a little while and dropped out. He was going to play uh, Bruce Wayne's father. Mm -hmm. And when he dropped out, said, oh, any, any, there's 50 guys that could do this role. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't feel bad about dropping out. Um, I don't know what that means, but that's the quote. And then, of course, you know, to Sven's delight, Mark Maron became attached. Uh, another decrier of superhero movies. Oh, for right, a long, long, right. long time is now in one, but it's De Niro and Joaquin Phoenix who he has talked about. His obsession with Phoenix has been ceaseless for years and years on his on his podcast, so it's kind of cool to hear that happen for him, although he is playing a shock jock, which is funny as far as I understand, and we will get to see if he ever gets that Joaquin Phoenix interview he is always quested after. And from what he said, I don't know that he has any scenes with Phoenix, but he definitely does with, with Bobby D. As, as far as I know from his podcast, he only talks about one scene where he like walks across a hallway with De Niro and has like oh, two, okay. two or three lines. Oh, I see. I see. Mm. So I think that sets it up as far as we know. And then the trailer came out, got great acclaim. Um, Sven and I have a mutual friend who's excited to see it, who I won't name, who I don't think knows it's a super, <laughs> knows that it's the Joker. <laughs> So we'll talk about it. We're probably not going to have a lot of insights as to what the different clues and hints and so forth mean. Oh, a fun thing about this to look at, this is what I want to say, is that at some point someone took the footage of Joaquin Phoenix running around on location and edited an actual <laughs> Joker trailer. Um, 
before the movie came out, which was like a kind of a fun thing that got millions of views Neat. that I saw on YouTube of, you know, it's like the actual footage of him running through New York stolen from location, but then intercut with scenes from like the master and stuff like that to, to create the trailer for what the Joker movie could be. Good stuff. And now we have it. All right. Well, what we usually do on this podcast is we include a link in the description of a publicly available clip and we did so this time it's the official teaser trailer by warner brothers and you can watch along as we see it and then analyze it or you can just listen as we try and make sense out of it and see if we can learn something about trailer editing which is yeah it's a cool genre i i mean i've done a couple of trailers for films actually a few also that went to theaters but i don't really have a real grasp on what this genre requires so let's take a look i truly hope that you're going to be describing what's happening because it's going to be fast and and you have coffee and i don't <laughs> oh so i'm describing yeah go ahead kick okay. us off classic um all right <laughs> three two one click Arthur, okay so we fade in on gotham city whoops Ooh, therapist scene, which I have a lot of feelings about. But it is Joaquin, so suddenly you're engaged. Nice what smile. could be going on? It's all about He's the walking smile. around. Smile. A lot of voiceover talking about his life. See his relationship with his mom. <laughs> twisted 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 physique. Yeah. Reminds me of another movie. Mm-hmm. He's a little clown on the street, getting bullied and picked on. A lot going on. He gets knocked down. You see this twisted, twisted physique of his movie making reference. something. Now we have the musical montage part. Great song. We can tell that he's in love. We can tell he has something to do with Arkham. I haven't seen anything superhero-y yet at all. <laughs> Crazy laugh at the comedy club. Here's a smile as a tear creating the streak. <laughs> laughing on the subway. And just all it's all him getting pushed down, shoved into the ground. And yeah, he gets beaten up. He's like a you know it's a total victim. Yeah. The one you want to get behind. Blooded. Someone who hides behind a mask. Just fell and down the stairs. That's Bruce Wayne's dad talking about the coward hiding behind the mask. And I and he's walking up on this little kid. That has to be young Bruce Wayne, in my theory. My life was a tragedy. Slowly snapping. We got Bobby De Niro. Oh, I just realized something. It's a comedy. <laughs> His life has been a tragedy, but he just realized it's a comedy. And then you have him as just full-blown heavy mode. Oh, he has another movie reference. He's on the stairs. Just singing in the rain. Is that right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And then we end on DC logo. All right, cool. good. Nice little, it, Sven. nice little trailer. Um, it tells a story, which is amazing. I, 
usually now with the superhero movies or with a lot of action movies, it feels like, okay, we're introducing the characters, there's a conflict, and then it's fight, 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 fight. And just like glimpses of some uh, witty lines and maybe some relationship issues, but it's basically all about the battle. And this doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like we're really wanting to make sure that we understand that this evil character is somebody that has reasons why he's become who he has become yes and so why do they do that do what like really make that point that he's being bullied and tortured and beaten up and thrown across stairs and stuff well i mean i think obviously you know, audience sympathy is always a key goal, I feel like. Yeah. Right? With these trailers. So you're dealing with... I mean, you just have to think about... I mean, we, we can analyze what comes across and then, you know, figure out what the possible goals were of that in the making of it. But, you know, the challenge coming into this is the things you have going for you from a marketing perspective are... Okay, we have Joaquin Phoenix... That's great, big movie star, and we have a widely, widely, widely recognized character, but we're also recreating this character again. He's just been played recently in Suicide Squad, and has been played, you know, Heath Ledger has an Academy Award for it, and then that's all just coming in the wake of Jack Nicholson playing it, you know, one of the most famous performances in film history, and then none of which even compare amongst themselves to, you know, Cesar Romero doing it in the first place. So you have that, you're like recreating a character, you're recasting, and you also have a villain who's like a well-known villain who I don't think anyone's ever partially been on the side of. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not, it's not like we're... I mean, I guess, you know, going back to the Romero ones and, you know, with all those performances, especially the Nicholson one, you kind of get to see in Origins and stuff like that. So there's a lot of challenges going into it. So I think the big thing is, and obviously that's part of the film, is one, we're seeing a lot that we don't know about the character. So it's new information. And then, you know, it's it's an underdog story is what's being presented. Who knows what it will actually be? But he's certainly being treated like a, like a downbeaten protagonist. It's like Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. But I mean, that's my take on it. Didn't the Joker sort of really become a a character that people identify with, with Heath Ledger? Sort of he became more than a villain. But the interesting thing with that is that inf- the thing that was kind of infamous about that portrayal of a villain was that we knew nothing about him. Mm-hmm. Nothing. You didn't True. know if you saw the movie, but they made they went to great extent. Like, <laughs> I'm just busting your balls. But, you know, they went to great extent to everything you thought you learned about him, it turned out you knew even less. He makes his own clothes. There's no identifying marks. He tells this, he tells his origin story, but then will constantly change it to explain his scars. So there's still like great mystery that surrounds him. So it's like literally the opposite of this, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But I would have expected like the audience is already like on board with this character. I get not. Re- I mean, I that's. I don't think so. I think that's what makes it an interesting film to do and an interesting challenge. Is Nicholson had like an origin story kind of bit to it, but the interesting, 
I mean, the, but then in the comics, I guess I'm remembering there's an Alan Moore comic where there's just like a full-on origin story for the Joker, which is really interesting. It's like, oh, you just treated him. So it's funny, like people will do this in films, but you always go back and it's like, well, yeah, didn't Frank Miller kind of repaint Batman in that light? Didn't Alan Moore do something like that with the character? So there, it has existed that he can work with an origin story. Mm-hmm. So this is just kind of delving into that territory. Mm-hmm. I guess. Cool, I don't know if cool. that answers your question. Yeah, it does in a way. So how about the editing of this trailer? Is this something, what are they doing that other trailers are not doing? Or are they they doing the same thing in terms of like using sounds and bangs and wishes and music? Well, what do you think? Well, I think it's very similar in that regard. So like if he says something really um, poignant or like, for example, one specific thing is when he like attempts to smile and he has his two fingers in his face. Uh, let me see if mm-hmm. I can find the time code. Maybe you can dig it as well. And then he, like, the face snaps back once he lets go with his fingers. There's, like, this sound, like, this bang right there to really yeah, make that point. Very, I think that's very much what trailers do. Mm-hmm. But they don't do it on a smile. They do it on, like, somebody's getting hit or is flying across the room, that kind of stuff. Right. So it's it's taking that idea like it has a story and it has a theme and the theme in this for me is smiling. That's why it starts off at the beginning with this therapist saying something about smiling. What was the line? I think it's does it help to have someone to talk to? Does it help that you have somebody to talk to? And he smiles. That introduces that theme to me. Mm -hmm. And then the song itself is also smile, right? That's the that's the main chorus. Yeah, I mean, I could go even a step further and say it's about putting on a face, right? Yes. Because then the other line is Bruce Wayne Sr. saying, who puts on a mask and does something like this? And, you know, it's a, and a lot of it revolves around him kind of putting this face on. I assume making a mask or something in that shot at 40 where we see his absurd physique. And Joaquin Phoenix, it's funny, all the, the credit Christian Bale gets, rightfully yes. so. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix really has been doing some body transforming in a lot of if the films he's doing. Yeah. And I even heard actually on this one that the actress that from Atlanta that you see for a second in this, that he seems like he has a crush on, it's really talented, and Deadpool also. I think I saw some quote from her that because of the shape he got in on this, that they had to do a lot of rewrites on set because they knew they weren't going to be able to do the reshoots that you usually get to a few months later with yeah. Phoenix just because he wasn't going to get his body back into that condition. So I mean, but about the bangs thing that you were talking about, I yeah. thought that, you know, I think my favorite part of the trailer is how that's exemplified so well at the very end with him on this, on the staircase. And you said it was a singing in the rain tribute. Yes. Is that right? Like it's just, just well, fun. And overall, I think it's trailers really successful at, you know, cause comic book movies have to be a big spectacle. And I think that this is created spectacle out of something very, 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 you know, I, I could say realistic, very grounded. Um, well, it's promising story, which is going to be exciting for me to actually maybe take a peek at it. Oh God. <laughs> What? So, what? <laughs> that he's still, Sven may not see the movie, folks. Sven may well, not see the movie. <laughs> I, I would, I would, I would 
look at it and see how it goes. Does it? It doesn't really show uh, like an anti-protagonist here, really, in the trailer, right? It's all about him. Everybody else sort of is just like a sidekick. Well, yeah, but life is kicking his ass pretty intensely. Exactly. Yeah. And Bruce Wayne's dad is 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 definitely an opposing force in this. Chasing him with a gun in the subway and, and decrying someone. It may or may not be him on, on the news. Yeah, yeah, nice. And it's also the other thing we should point out is this is totally a teaser trailer. And I always like those trailers where they get to do something very stylized with a lot of mystique that's not telling us the story. And I always dread the trailer where it's, you know, and it's going to happen in a couple months where it's like, here's the scene where it's like, hey, my name's Arthur Fleck and yeah. I'm a comedian, you know. What's the difference the between a, stuff? a regular trailer and a teaser trailer? I mean, I know, but let's talk about it. Okay, why don't you go for it? I've been running my jaw. Okay, so for, for me, it's like a teaser is just giving us a feeling, a visual, an idea, a theme, while a trailer is trying to really tell us what this movie is, what you're going to expect. And to a certain um, aspect, I really don't like a traditional trailer anymore because it feels like you don't need to see the movie anymore because mm -hmm. they're giving away too much. A teaser trailer is trying not to give away anything or very little. And this, to me, actually looks like a hybrid. Like, I feel like I yeah. totally get what the story is going to be, mm -hmm. but I I don't know what the movie is yet. And right. So this is, for me, actually the perfect trailer. Like, I don't think they need to do another one. I think mm -hmm. this would totally do the job for me, for a lot of people. Possibly. Oh, for totally. But then, you know, it's fun to just get that, build that hype, hype machine as, it, as it's going. Um, yeah. And the other thing that's cool about this, and this is why trailers are like high art amongst other things, is there's all these, all these engines that the marketing department's hitting on in terms of like, look, this is our brand. This is what we're selling. We have to get this, 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 and this across. We have to do it with the footage that you have. Hopefully it has something to do with this film that's coming out. And also there has to be an emotional arc. We always talk about there needs to be the emotion in the story. This tra like trailers always, if they're successful, create an emotional experience for the audience. So this is very stylistic aesthetically in a lot of ways, but there's also a total arc that it goes on. Mm -hmm. He starts in one place. By the end, he's at a totally different place. We actually get to kind of maybe in some sense see that that uh, genesis of the Joker character just through this, but it really does do a good job of getting sympathy all in two minutes and 20 seconds, um, yeah. helping you feel for him and then showing like, look, things are going to get way out of control. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I think it does a really good job of that too and having it, just the right shots to accomplish that. And it also makes me wonder what the tone of the film is going to be because there's like a line in there where it says, I thought my life was a tragedy. It turns out to be a comedy, which mm -hmm. I think is probably a very significant revelation about this film in the sense. And look at, looking at the director, is this going to be much yeah. funnier than this trailer is? Or is right. it going to be such a sad story, such a tragic event? 
Well, it's interesting because yeah, it's the it's Todd Phillips, the director of the Hangover movies and Due yeah. Date, and what's the most recent thing he's done? I can't. Um, but the also Joker? he he <laughs> thanks. Sorry. He did uh, the. I'm just stalling. I know he did um, the. Uh, A Star is Born. No, he produced it. Sorry. <laughs> he star- He also worked with the War previous Dogs. Joker actor um, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Oh no. Yeah, War Dogs. I was excited after what he did with The Hangover, which I thought had a lot was like very visually effective and like obviously got great performances out of people. Yeah. I was excited to see what he would do with a movie like War Dogs, but now I'm I'm worried about the Joker. And apparently, he's doing a Hulk Hogan biopic. Oh, that sounds interesting. Now, in, am I mistaken, or is this four by three? I feel like I saw this trailer in a theater, and it was like a four um, by no, three aspect ratio. I'm seeing a sixteen by nine. Yeah. I swear I saw it in a theater and it was four by three. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's talk a little bit more about the basics of trailer editing, which right. is the booms, the whooshes, the bangs, the fades to black, the slow-mo. These are all elements that are used. That's like the language of a trailer. And this particular trailer uses all of them, but for a different purpose. I think that's what makes this special. Mm-hmm. It uses titles that like have a continued thought like this put on a face idea mm-hmm. what else what do you what do you do when you're editing a trailer well i start off with um looking at what are the killer moments what is the gold in the film and can i use it in the trailer or am i going to give away too much but i definitely want to show people what is the the often the part in the movie that's called the fun and games part which is the beginning of the second act usually ends up being the majority of the trailer because you're really exploring the premise of a film so for example you have wedding crashers as a film what's the fun and games it's crashing weddings and picking up girls and pretending to know the groom or the bride and having fake conversations with them about their childhood all that stuff is so much fun and you probably use it in the trailer and mm-hmm. then you you sort of wrap around what's the core character arc like wedding crashers they like they just they run into the wrong wedding and uh, suddenly he falls in love and the bad guy uh, arrives and makes trouble for them that's sort of hinted in the trailer Mm-hmm. That's that's sort of how I would look at how do I cut a trailer. But I I tend to not want to cut a trailer for a film that I've edited myself. It's painful. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because I know that you know one of the things David Fincher asks for is a lot. A lot of the reasons like these David Fincher movies end up not going through at the last minute is he requires approval of all marketing materials. Uh huh including the trailer so he often does a lot of his own trailers and he has an advertising background so that's 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 great but i always wonder you know and i love like the trailers he's done for his like the fight club trailer all these things are great same thing with paul thomas anderson but i it also makes me wonder maybe someone else should be doing you know what i mean maybe these movies would do better if someone's able to you know play on the psychological needs to just get an audience in the theater i mean you don't want to ruin the movie of course but i think that there's especially when you're doing i mean they put lots and lots and lots of money into these trailers and in trailer houses they actually have assistant editors 
often will have to recut, like just start doing their own cut of the film so that they have mm -hmm. some sense of what the film is, never mind what's being done in the editing room so they can start work on the trailer because that begins way, way, way out. So that's an interesting thing to explore with trailers as well. Is it better just to, and I, I know the feeling of not wanting your movie ruined, you want to present the best foot, what you're trying to say, but there is like a whole thing of, I don't know, manipulating people to get them there that goes way beyond the understanding or interest of any filmmakers. Yeah, and it's I feel so close to it too, to then mm -hmm. like make these choices. It's painful. Yeah, I, and Hitchcock's another that. example of someone yeah. who did very memorable, you know, promotional work. And he, but he had the he had an advertising background like Fincher does. So yeah. it's very interesting. Um, okay, and then the last thing that I'll say is that Jared Leto was taught caught totally off guard when this movie got announced, <laughs> which is my favorite part of it. <laughs> All right, is there anything else we want to say about this or? No, I mean, I want to say, okay, I'm, I really was expecting just a conventional DC Marvel movie thing. And mm -hmm. I was pleasantly surprised that the story is heavily just character. And, and I think uh, I would want to check it out. Oh, so, when, so from when it was suggested by a listener, you thought, oh, it's just going to be, you just figured it was another Marvel type thing. and. Yeah, exactly. N not until yesterday did you realize. Very cool. Yeah. No, I'm I'm game for the idea of trying anything new. So I want to thank Mac Hawks for <laughs> the username of the pe person that left the comment um, to just like make us do something different. That's cool. I was excited about that. So I'm like, yeah, let's do a trailer. Very cool. And we're recording this um, the morning of the night that it's going up. So all our thoughts are fresh. Nice. And thank in you know, let us know if there's an Avengers, a scene from a Marvel film, and I think I've seen all of them, that you would like to do, and uh, I will do it. I'm pretty sure I've seen none of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Curter for the music. If you've enjoyed what you've been hearing, subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you letting friends know about the podcast. It's, you know, the, the constantly growing listens every week is always very cool. We appreciate it. We'll keep trying to do the best job we can. And as Sven always says, as Sven always says, before I say it, uh, maybe you want to <laughs> also take a guess at what the other six movies are that you're required to watch if you want to go to AFI, the American Film oh, Institute. Oh, if you get all five, you get a t-shirt. If you get all six, you definitely get a t-shirt. And you'll be invited to the Burbank AMC in the fall when Sven, in August, or in the fall when Sven goes to see, uh, on October 4th, 2019, when Sven goes to see... The Joker, or Joker, as it's known. It'll be a This Guy podcast. Wow. wow. <laughs> All right. This Guy podcast viewing party. Sounds good. That's what we'll do. Happy editing. Yeah, well, I have some insights into it, but can we pause for not stop recording, but just pause for like... Yeah. One minute. Sure. I have to. If I don't make this coffee, I'm gonna like die. Um, Are oh, you look. making a coffee? Well, I mean, everything's done. I just have to put it. In, I just have to put it in the cup. I didn't even know you drink coffee. Oh, <laughs> things have changed, Sven. Do you drink coffee when we have our um, meats with Dustin? Um, I you mean, usually I have, have a smoothie. Oh well, yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, because I don't want to. No, I was always happy to go to that place because the coffee was like a dollar. Yeah.
So it would always get it. But then we pay the same amount for parking. So it was like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we pay more. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely consumed, consumed coffee in front of you. You've made me coffee. I'm positive that our entire This Guy Edits video. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> True. It's documented. Might just want to keep this all in the podcast, by the way. Oh, this well, is... I don't know if they can hear me because the microphone. Oh, I see. Okay. It'll be the deleted files. <laughs> okay, that sucks. <laughs>